Welcome to today's episode of the Hungry Trilobite Podcast. My name is Aaron Bossig, and I'm going to be your host. Today, we're welcoming Tina Marie Trimpert from the Psychedelic Podcast. And I'm going to suggest right away, open up your browser and go to my website, www.aaronbossig.com. In the show notes for this episode, I'm going to link straight to her podcast. You're going to want to have it on hand because... There's going to be a lot of really great discussion between her and I, and you'll want to go right to those episodes when you're done with this show. Let's get started. On mic today, we have Tina Marie Trimpert. How are you doing this fine evening? I am doing great, Aaron. Thank you for asking. How are you? I am doing fantastic. I'm glad to have you here. I just found your podcast not too long ago, and the concept is amazing to me. Let's put it that way. Uh, I would ostensibly call it a psychology pop uh, podcast about the human uh the way the human mind works but there's a very paranormal spin on it that i don't want to ignore so how would you describe it oh when i think about it i think about why i started podcasting which is to give different people a place to feel safe in which they could have their own perspectives and perspectives and opinions heard the way they want to be heard with Nobody judging them within the panel. And I think that's amazing because we should all be open-minded to different things because it gives you a new outlook on how the world works and society and culture and what actually makes up the human psyche, which is so much more than what's written in the DSM-5 or anything within the psychology realm. And you deliberately frame it as a group of non-experts and you not only hang your hat on that you're very proud of it which i respect that thank you you have a great show too i listen to a lot of your episodes well thank you uh but it's uh have you gotten any pushback from that as people saying well you need to have experts the experts are the ones we have to listen to and, and we do but that other perspective i think is valuable too i agree with you on that and how do you how do you play that I think that everybody's perspective is very important. I mean, we have people that are trying to hold the reins on what is normal and what's not. And I think that it's very fair to give everybody else a platform in which they can speak and say what they feel and talk about their experiences and their own opinions on things, which is why we are non-experts because we didn't go to school per se for philosophy. So a lot of it is psyche and psychology based, but mostly I would consider it more of a philosophical type of thing. And that's definitely where you grab my interest because you don't need qualifications to discuss philosophy. You need yes. uh, qualifications to be a psychiatrist and, you know, prescribe medicine and stuff. Or, you know, people get around that sometimes. And that's why, you know, we can't get good cold medicine anymore. But you, when people say, this is what life means, or this is why I think this is true or not, all you need is a brain. Right. Yeah. Your own thoughts, your own opinions, your own brain, your own way of thinking. And a lot of this is derived from how you grew up, who your parents were or weren't, uh, where where you lived, what your what is in your genes, and your environment, and what you choose to believe in, and what you choose to say is, oh, this is BS. I can do something with my life that other people said I can't, mm -hmm. which ties a lot into my entrepreneurship. Could you? 
how does that work your entrepreneurship <laughs> okay so let's say somebody really wanted to be a supermodel and they were always considered very ugly a lot of models were told they were really ugly because they had distinct features like for example my five head <laughs> So, you know, people, they don't generally think that's a beautiful thing. But if you take that and you make it what you make your own reality out of it and you believe in it and that's your philosophy and that's how you exude your confidence, eventually it can happen for you. You just, in my opinion, put it out into the universe and really believe in it and work hard at it. You can make it happen. In less than 60 seconds, you managed to connect the thoughts of modeling with philosophy. And that's an accomplishment I didn't think anybody else was ever going to pull off. So kudos to you on that. <laughs> Not all models are considered the brightest of the bunch, but we have big foreheads for the most part. So it usually means we have bigger brains. Makes sense to me. <laughs> I've known a few models, but not enough to really say I, I could make a good sampling of them. But I will say, I, when you're talking about you know a different philosophy, a different way of thinking, or just what makes sense to you, philosophy is people think of it as this weird class in college they might have had to have taken, but they don't realize it's a way of looking at the world, a way of making sense of the world, which includes science. It doesn't, yes. that's not the only realm, it, but it, it, that is a component of it. So you can't ignore that and you can't ignore philosophy completely. Right. And generally in the world that we live in, there are two sides, which is really unfair. There's, there's way more than two sides to everything. There are more than two sides to every story. There are different aspects and different variables that make up everything that exists in this world. And without people that can think outside of the box, there is no philosophy. That's why a lot of people think that what they call philosophers, when we're talking about people in the 17, 1800s and well before that, those philosophers were considered quote unquote crazy because they thought outside of the box, but yet we are still listening to what their philosophies are and studying what their philosophies were today and using them in our society today. They literally built our society in a lot of ways. When you look at, especially, you know, in the Americas and in Europe, the, the modern governments are running on the, the building blocks that those philosophers put out and to say nothing of the Greek philosophers that put the foundation down for that. Right, exactly. And that's where, the panel of non-experts come into play. We we just want to give people a platform to be able to discuss what they believe in, what they've thought of based on all of the experiences that they've been brought into and their upbringings and everything else, all the different variables. Because like I said, there are more than two sides to every story. There are more than two sides to everything. So bringing in a few people that have been brought up in different places and different environments with different genetics and different everything really makes it interesting to listen to. So which episode did you uh, create when you finally said, yeah, this is the formula. This is why we're doing this. This is why it works. Was there a certain subject matter that just was perfect? You know what? I, from the beginning, my whole idea and thought on 
the podcast that we have was built exactly on the premise that I was just speaking of, and we've never deviated from it. It's always been what I wanted to do with it. And I don't think that I have an episode that I love or hate more than the other. I feel like it's all very fair. Everybody's welcome to their own opinion. And I think that's how everybody should think, even when it comes to things as difficult as politics, because there's a great divide within our country and within all of society. And I don't believe there should be one. I feel like everybody should just really love one another and appreciate, but also expect that other people are going to have different opinions than you and realize that, take that into account and just move on with your own life. <laughs> I deal with a lot of pop culture on this show, uh, movies, yeah. comic books, TV, and there's a reason for that. And I, I just mentioned this on another episode, so I, I apologize if I'm repeating myself for the audience, but we have such a divide right now about things that are crucial. And we can't talk about that because we're uncomfortable, we're angry, we're scared. We can't have those discussions. So I, I would say if we can't talk about a TV show or a comic book, we're never going to have those other conversations. Philosophy can be that bridge between the two. Yeah, absolutely. Because you can be diplomatic in the way that you say things mm -hmm. and you can get your point across in philosophy if you're very careful about it, which we have to be these days, right? As you were just alluding to, to make your point without making such a strong point that it turns people off. I remember studying logic and dealing with uh, syllogisms and uh, fallacies and all of those, you know, the formal logical training, I had asked my teacher, well, if I can make the case of, you know, A is B and B is C, and, and that's, and I can prove that for sure, do I have to do that? And his, his response was, yes, you should always make the strongest case. You should, you can. The strongest case possible is what you should go for. And that still hasn't panned out for me. I, I have found, I've had much more better luck making the weakest case I can, and then building off from that. If we can find the one thing we know we agree on, maybe we can get around to some other stuff later on. But if I have to sell you on everything right away, I might lose you. That's absolutely true, which is why it's so important, including with business and being an entrepreneur, that you have to be able to make your case without being exact in your words. And that's not a tactic that's meant to be manipulative. It's a tactic that you have to learn to survive in this world. And it's a tactic that all the philosophers used, but they were deemed crazy because to have your own opinion is, is nuts. And even now it's, you know, 10 years ago, it was a little bit better than it is now, but having your own opinion on things these days, you're constantly afraid of what somebody else might think of you and worried that you're going to lose friends over it. And that happens so frequently, it's really sad because you don't know what somebody else has been through where their opinion is strong about one thing. And it's not the same as yours, but why can't you just appreciate that that person has been through something different than you and their opinion is just as valid as yours? You can't shove your ideas down their throat because if they've been through something that you, you don't get, you don't understand their angle, then your opinion is actually invalid because you're not giving them the platform to be able to speak their mind and their truth. And not only do you not know what they've been through, but you, 
people make the assumption of thinking that they know why this person's thinking that. And that's a very bad thing to think is that you know why somebody's thinking something. You don't. You can't get in there. Yeah. And don't presume you can. Yeah. Making assumptions, just like the old, is it adage or adage? I don't, it sounds so. Yeah. So the adage of when you assume, you make an ASS out of yourself. You can't assume that you know what somebody else is thinking. You don't until you let them express their thoughts without interrupting and cutting them off, which is what mm -hmm. philosophy is about. And if you pick up a philosophy book, go to this bookstore, they're not going to be small books. I don't care which one you grab. Philosophers seem to like to write and they, you're going to have to commit to redoing some reading, doing some thinking. It, it's not going to be over in a hurry. <laughs> no, definitely not. It's like reading somebody's actual diary. These are their thoughts. Philosophers are very deep thinkers, something that I think that our society lacks a lot of these days. And it's, I want to bring back the deep thinkers and allow them to have a platform to actually be able to think out loud without being judged because the audience that we go for with our show is the open-minded sort and not the kind that's going to go, oh, they have one thing that I don't agree with. Now I'm going to stop listening. And we're definitely on the same page there because the hungry part of hungry trilobite in my mind is signifying that the, the audience is hungry for something of substance. We, we live in a world of clickbait and memes and just absolutely the buzzfeeds of the world. And there are people who aren't satisfied with that. Yes, definitely. And those are what you call hashtag woke people. <laughs> They're the ones that are going to rule the world or the ones that have their own ideas and opinions on things. We can't put ourselves into categories of being this or that because there aren't just two sides and there are a trillion sides. You can agree with if you want to, I don't ever want to get political because I just don't, but you can agree with a few things over here and a few things over there. That makes you unique. You don't have to agree with one side or the other. You can agree with what you believe in, what your opinion is, because everybody's different. And that's only fair to give somebody else, another human, the opportunity to do that and speak about what they believe in without bashing them for it. In a world where we embrace diversity and plurality and and the variety of people out there it is very short-sighted to then assume that there's only two opinions on something when we're celebrating seven billion lives on this planet right i absolutely agree with that we can't and i feel like a lot of i don't want to word this the wrong way but a lot of things are being pushed towards different people with different agendas, who knows what they are, that are making people feel like they have to choose a side to be on because there's more people that are like them on one side than the other. And I think that's very unfair. I agree, but I don't necessarily think it's an agenda in that it's directed and focused. I think a lot of it is just the fact that we live our lives on social media now and social media is monetized to create that kind of division. 
which right. means it's just a terrible, terrible byproduct. But I, I could be talking to believing it's focused. I'm just not convinced yet. Yeah, I mean, social media, if you want to think about it, that could be a whole agenda in itself, if we wanted to go there. So it could be, I'm not saying it is, but it very well could be. But I also believe that social media, just like that documentary that came out, can be used for doing good or for doing evil. And it's up to you as a person to spread what your heart's agenda is and not buy into the crap that gets pushed at us because you don't want to be a sheeple, <laughs> you know, like you just want to make your, have your own opinion on things. Go look into it deeper. If you think that something's wrong, go and find out what other people think before you make a decision on what you believe is true. And embrace your right as a person to not have an opinion until you think you know enough to have an opinion. Right. That's another knee-jerk reaction that we, we tend to go to too much is that as soon as you see an issue, you have to come up with your own opinion on it right away when you don't have the facts. And no, yeah. not having the facts isn't a problem. It's not a crime. You're not going to die from it. Just, just <laughs> get the facts or just decide to wait before you make up your mind. What I've noticed with a lot of people that really think that they know something without having enough information is their defense mechanism on social media is let me end this conversation with a meme that makes it look like I don't care, but I know everything. And that's how you know somebody's wrong and hasn't researched enough because you give them enough facts or enough viewpoints and it's not all yours. It's viewpoints that you've collected and that you believe to be true but they now have nothing left to say. So they end it trying to be passive aggressive and it's almost like being a troll on Reddit. You know, you just, here's a meme. Oh, like shrug, I don't care. And that's just not how it works in real day-to-day -day life and dealing with interactions with actual people. We have a lot of keyboard warriors out there trying to do things and do things to hurt people, be negative, spread a negative message. And that's not what it is. <laughs> the purpose of life to me is to make the world a better place in a way that you can have your opinion. You've based it on things that you've learned, that you've been through, and you're welcome to it. Absolutely. So... So this all gets caught up in your podcast, and and I can say after having only listened to a few episodes, that this is this is baked into the format for sure. I really like how you give people an open platform, let them throw around their ideas. You're not holding their credibility up with a fine tooth comb. How long have you been into podcasting? Did it start with this particular show? It did start with this. Yes, I have actually been in the entertainment industry for since I was. I did my first commercial when I was five or six years old, but I got really into it when I graduated high school, of course, because you have to graduate high school first, really, to get into anything. So I used that as a way to talk to people, kind of study them. It's not like they were experiments to me, but it was a good way to be around enough people to see how they actually work. So I feel comfortable saying I understand what society is about for the most part 
in a way that I almost feel bad for the people that don't. I can say I've met all kind I've met thousands of people, thousands upon thousands of people. And I'm watching everything and I'm picking it apart in my head. I'm not making assumptions about them, but the conglomeration of everything that I've learned does end up being in across the across the spectrum. It ends up being anywhere from I totally don't agree with this person and how they act and what they do to wow, this person just gave me a new idea on how I can look at things. And that's what I love about philosophy is the the openness that there can be if you choose for there to be. So when you're looking at somebody else's idea and you're taking that information in and you've got your own idea already, your own opinion, and they're able to change it or alter it in a little bit of a way, I think that's a beautiful thing and not a bad thing. And we shouldn't try to counteract or combat it by being negative and cursing these people out because they're just saying what their opinion is. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more there. Um, so you say you, you, you've been in the entertainment industry roughly all your life, definitely all your adult life. Do, do you have aspirations beyond the podcast? Is there something that you, you have your eye on? Well, when I was 20 years old, I had my first company. It was an entertainment company, but not an entertainment company in the way that most would think of it. I did. I started a business where I would start networking and networking and marketing events for people in the entertainment industry. And this worked as it had multiple facets to it, really. I could network with these people at the same time. I'm introducing other people to help them. So it, it made me feel good. Obviously, that's a little bit of ego, but it, it did make me feel good. At the same time, I'm helping them. I'm connecting people. Connection is so important in humanity. And then I would take those opportunities and the people that I liked from it, worked with them, and continued to network off of all of that. When that company ended, I opened another coordinate, event coordination business, which was in the wedding industry, which I am actually happy to say I am retired from as of this month. Because, geez, thank you. That it's it's a tough business. It's it's a very tough business. I love helping people, but it's a very tough business. And so now I'm back to event coordination for podcasting, and it's going quite well. Okay. So when you say event coordination, are you looking at corporate events? Are you looking at conventions or training or what kind of events do you have? It's a multifaceted thing. Everything you just said right there is exactly okay. what we're doing with the virtual summit that we're having in the world that we're living in. I mean, podcasting, as we all know, terrestrial radio is dead and podcasting is the future. So many people now want to get into podcasting and they're coming in at a time where it's a little harder now to get into. And if you didn't do it before COVID happened, I know I said the C word, um, then it's a little harder because you, you don't have the knowledge. And also, I mean, anyone can get into it, but you have to delve deep into understanding what everything's about. And you have to get comfortable with the types of people there are because just like on every social media platform there's a different kind of vibe that 
each platform has and different rules that are kind of unspoken. So just like with podcasting, you don't say certain things who go, hey, drop how many downloads you got this month. That's just not how it works. It's it's right. kind of rude. And like, um, I studied a lot on podcasting before I said, hey, I'm going to do this. But it really did just happen for me in a sense that I was like, you know what? People said I should write a blog, but I do enjoy talking and I did a lot of voiceovers and I like acting and talking to people. So this is what I'm going to do instead. And then I went with it, but I studied it first. You can't just jump into it and expect to be successful in any type of way. So when it comes to the conventions and the event planning for what I want to do with podcasting, the same goal that I had with the entertainment industry in my early 20s, <clears throat> excuse me, is the same is the goal that I have now. It's to connect people. It's to keep the people within the industry connected, but also it's a good platform to help yourself. So you're helping others, you're helping yourself, you're being given opportunities if you accept it to learn from other people, which is philosophy as well, if you're open-minded to it. Otherwise, there are the people that think that they just know everything and that's where you've got a dead end. When you think that you're an expert and you know everything, that's where I would say your learning stops and you're disconnected. One of the best things I, I've ever been told, and it's something I tell myself almost every day, is if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. And if that's something that it, it, it um, I really hope that other people kind of get their heads around that because it's you can always be learning from somebody else. And if not, you're wasting both your time. Yeah. Because you can learn from one another. Everybody's been through different things in everything in life. There's so many different things, and especially with anything. But with podcasting, it's a little bit different because there's so many different people involved. I mean, just like there's so many genres within this realm, there's so many genres of people outside of it, too. So you can correlate the two, and you can kind of see just based on what genre they're in, the type of person they might be by listening to their content. There are some people, and there's nothing against this at all, that just want to talk about what's going on in their daily lives. I think that's very therapeutic for so many. And for a few, it's very obviously narcissi narcissistically based, I would say. And that's fine too, because that's what they want to do. But when you're trying to make a living out of it, and make a difference at the same time. That's not probably where you should be. You should be doing something that's beneficial to others that will also benefit yourself. And that just comes naturally with growth as a human being. You, you had a good point when you pointed out that there's so many voices in podcasting right now that it's very hard to get noticed. But I'm even going to go a step further and say that because there's so many voices right now, it's gotten a lot more difficult to understand the mechanics of how all this works. Because with so many moving parts, you really can't focus on anything. Earlier on, I had the, the obviously honor of talking with Murr Lafferty, who was a podcaster from the very, very early days of podcasting. Having her on was a huge deal for me. And we got to talk about how when everything got started in the mid-2000s and nobody cared about podcasting, 
there was only a few dozen to a few hundred of them out there. You could very easily look at this and see this works and this doesn't, and this person's popular because they're genuine and they're creative, and this person's not popular because they're just regurgitating garbage. And it it there was because things were smaller, it was so much easier to observe really the the what made this valuable. Right. What makes it different now is you have to try a lot harder and there's nothing wrong with that. It actually makes things so much more rewarding if you succeed at it. So instead of being able to categorize, oh, this person can do good because they're doing this A, B, and C, just like when it comes to music and the chords that are in music and how they're different from every era and how you notice that it might be a little melancholy in the 1950s, a little more upbeat in the 1990s. With podcasting, I would assume it's the same thing. Now it's there's so many people, it's oversaturated. People all think there's society and culture. Really, there are so many different subgenres of society and culture. So we have to look at it like that. Don't place yourself in one giant overly saturated genre. You're not that. You're probably better than that <laughs> to anyone who's listening. I truly like every part of this process except when I'm actually putting together my MP3 file and I am hit that little drop-down box for genre and I'm like, none of these apply to me. Why do I have to focus? <laughs> but I do because I have to put it in somewhere. But I, yeah. I just sort of have a wheel of genres and just kind of spin it every time I upload something. <laughs> That's funny. I do the same thing. I've switched back and forth from social sciences and philosophy and I've moved them back and forth and it ends up working out in in good ways it's, it's I funny just entertainment because i think i hope to be entertaining you and that's as specific as i care to get with this right no that makes complete sense that it, it should and it is entertainment but also it's providing knowledge to people that they're looking for that and mm -hmm. deeper than that within the podcasting realm at least as you know we have our meta tags and all the seo stuff we have to do so <clears throat> excuse me sorry so we have all of that to do a lot of people don't realize how much work it really takes to to be a podcaster it's not just get on a microphone and start talking and delete your ums it's it's so much more than that it's, <laughs> there's rss feeds and learning code and dealing with other people and marketing and branding yourself and learning how to monetize and learning what not to do and having an idea for where and a direction of where you're going to go and those are all really important components and again i, I can tell by the fact that your show is not that old you've only had a couple dozen episodes it's probably about the same as me actually and yet your show is extremely well put together. You've got a very a tight focus, a, a great format. You obviously spend a lot of time doing your homework and figuring out what worked. Honestly, these are things that I generally talk about with my panel or my husband, who's my panel, also in my panel. And these are things that I've already been interested in that I don't really have people to talk about these subjects with that I've always wanted to talk about. So a lot of this comes just from things I've learned and I can I can attribute a lot of the thoughts that I have to having been blessed enough to have lived in many countries and I speak four languages. So I've got to understand a lot of different cultures, been around a lot of different people and understood, like I said, I, I people watched a lot. So 
I would pick up on different things and I would be more curious about one thing than another, but I still have my own belief system too on top of that. So being able to be that open-minded, for example, if you're a Christian and you're looking at Buddhist culture, not bashing them for what their beliefs are, but trying to understand where they're coming from is so important. I, I mean, I have a shelf of, of reference books in, in my study. And uh, one of them is a book, book specifically about uh, religion and philosophy. And there are books from quite a few faiths in there, just because even though I have a specific uh, faith that I practice, I need those other perspectives and I find them valuable. Right. And it, it actually, most of the time will just set in stone your own belief system, if anything, but it doesn't mean you have to hate somebody for having a different belief system. You actually begin to realize, I mean, they're just people too. That's what they grew up with. That's their culture. Respect it. And it's okay because that's not the, you're not them and they're not you. And we can't change anybody's mind unless you're, you're brainwashing somebody on purpose. Like you're just not going to change their mind. There's nothing you can really say even on social media when you're sitting there typing away and you've got this really strong feeling, I get that. You want to put that out there and plant some type of seed, but when it really boils down to it, that person is their own person. They're going to make their own decisions. They're going to have their own beliefs. And if for some reason you feel the need to really change somebody's mind or get the message through to them, social media is not the place to do it. Definitely not. not. Way to do it. What you and I are doing right now has got a shot. I mean, if you're going to actually consider changing somebody's mind, an actual conversation is the way to do it. Absolutely. Definitely. And there's a lot of, you know, this is a word that I should probably rephrase. But you know what? There's a lot of magic in the world. There's a lot of beautiful things in the world that we have yet to experience like with our dreams and everything. There are some people that don't remember their dreams when they wake up. And there are some people that remember every dream they ever have. There are some people that really believe they can control their own dreams. And there are just so many different types of people. And what's really interesting too, when we tie it into the psychology aspect of things, is the scientific fact that humans only use or utilize 11% of their brains. Well, then you can only imagine what's happening with the rest of your brain? Is it being shut off because you're being told not to have an imagination anymore? Is it because we're programmed? There's so many different things and variables and perspectives for you to take into account than just going, this is life. I'm going to sit in my little cubicle and just live and sit here and just be alive. It's There's, there's much more to the world than that. And we have to know that other people exist than ourselves and their opinions are valid and can definitely affect and shape us too. Mm -hmm. And if you give someone the chance, they usually don't hesitate to tell you what their opinion is. Uh, you, you might not really care hear their opinion or it might not be a subject that matters to you, but people do like to throw that out. So it doesn't hurt just to open your ears and just, if nothing else, to understand what makes them tick. Right. Absolutely. Because you're studying them in that way. You're, and that's the best way for them to be planting a seed, actually, because 
you're studying them, but they've got their viewpoint that you've taken a hold of and realized, so now you're taking it apart. So essentially they've already planted a seed in your head and it's a ripple effect. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, and you've covered things like astral projection, you've covered things like uh, uh, narcissism, I did catch that. I'm just trying to think of the more offbeat topics that were just, I, you really had to at least open up your mind and say, could this happen? Is it even possible? Um, and what I, I had a, another guest on here who was actually a, a scientist, and I was nervous about discussing things that weren't scientific because I didn't want to waste her time. But no, she was totally on board with it and kind of said, you know, if you acknowledge that you've had an experience and you can't explain it, but you but we can document that it happened. Well, then the scientific mind of us would say, OK, this the, the experience was true. What are the possibilities that could get us to that experience? What what could be true that would lead to that, even if those possibilities are far fetched, implausible, impractical? If we can't totally rule it out, let's just have the conversation. Yeah. And to whom are they? I mean, who is saying that any of it is implausible? Because a lot of people have dealt, for example, with paranormal experiences and they've seen they're completely normal people. They've seen a ghost and they're scared to talk about it. Mm -hmm. I can tell you I'm not crazy for having had dealt with something similar to this. And it happened in the Philippines. And we can go into that some other time. But mm -hmm. it happens to certain people, people that are more open to these things. That's my opinion. My philosophy is that a lot more people, there are a lot more open people than they want to admit. A lot of people want to keep these things to themselves or shrug it off their shoulders and go, oh, this happened because maybe I drank too much and I just saw something whiz by me. That might be the case, but it also might be something else. Who knows? And it's, it's all about perception. It doesn't mean that it's your reality, but being able to be open to the idea that it could be that because you have no idea. Really, none of us do. And nobody can tell us we do because it's all up to us to know what our reality is. That's what makes us all unique, in my opinion. Absolutely. And uh, I mean, I've had some experiences myself. Uh, I think we should definitely trace some ghost stories on that. And that's maybe something we should pencil in for down the road. Um, but in the meantime, how, where can people find your podcast and where can people track your social media info? Just your adventures on the internet. Let's put it that way. <laughs> so I am found on Facebook is usually where I do a lot of my live streams and we finally got enough subscribers to have our own URL. I don't know why you have to have a certain number to have a URL, but I became your number to be able to have one. So now you can create yours by the way, because I subscribed. Uh, yeah. Well, thank you very much. I will return the favor for sure. Thank you. So I am, or we are, the psyche dash delic podcast i've been told that's really dumb to have a hyphen but i feel like it makes us unique so it's the psyche delic podcast with a hyphen because it's a play on words 
the psyche, the human psyche. A lot of people think we're talking about LSD. We're not. So <laughs> you can also find me on Instagram at, at Asian Ranch Sauce because I'm half Asian and I love ranch sauce and I live on a ranch and I don't really use Twitter. So you can just, you can end up finding that however you want. And facebook.com slash Tina Marie Trimbert. That's two words put together to make a last name. Trim and Pert. Tina Marie Trimbert. Well, all of that stuff is going to be in the show notes on my website, aaronbossig.com. And Tina, I would definitely like, thank you so much for being here. And I would love to have you back anytime. Absolutely. I would love to talk more about everything with you. Awesome. Especially some ghost, ghost stuff. It is Halloween almost. Not, it not is. saying that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and actually that was kind of in my thought that maybe as the time gets closer or actually I like to have a little ghost stuff after Halloween because we get such a rush during October and I prefer it all year long. Yeah. Why not? Okay. Let's make that happen. All right. Sounds good to me. Okay. Have a good night. All right. You too, Aaron. Nice talking to you. I would like to thank Tina for being my guest today, and I would like to thank you for listening. Once again, check out our show notes for links to her show. For the community building part of the show today, I want to talk about being a podcast listener. I'm a podcast listener, and I have very strong feelings about the best way to deliver the show. I want to deliver a show I would listen to, and part of the design of that is in letting you listen to the show on whatever platform you want. I am not in the business of deciding how you get the content you want. So whether you're listening to it on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, that's all well and good, and I want you to listen to it on whatever platform you like. However, I want to talk about two specific companies which are involved in the production of the show that you might be able to help with. This will be something that takes less than five minutes of your time and costs you nothing. If you do happen to have a WordPress account or a SoundCloud account, the show is hosted on SoundCloud.com. So if you were to use your SoundCloud account to follow our show or leave a review or share it with some of your friends, that would be much appreciated. And if you have a WordPress account and would like to follow the show notes to my website, www.aaronbossig.com, I would appreciate that as well as sharing it with any friends you might have using those two specific services. I would really appreciate if you left reviews for the show on, on places like iTunes, on places like Stitcher, Podbean. Those are all great, and I appreciate that. But there's definitely an advantage to using the services that create the show and using their built-in social media networks to pull in more listeners. Don't forget, we are syndicated on Realm of the Mist, a fantastic podcast network. Thanks so much, and we'll see you next time.